Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. It's all about trust. If they trust you, you've got a massive chance. Always make sure you're early, always make sure you're smart, always make sure you trust, and always deliver on what you say. And as I say, I'll probably say a few times about if there's no passion, there's no point. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Ian McAllister. Ian's the CEO of Man Commercial Protection, a security company specialising in all aspects of man guarding. They hold the title of Business of the Year, which they won at the 2021 British Security Awards. Ian founded the company in 1993 on the basic principle, success in business comes through the consistent delivery of quality, value and service to your clients. Ian's worked alongside Mike Tyson and has provided security for bands including Ocean Colour Scene and Oasis. Ian joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Ian. It's great to have you with us. Yeah, thank you, Amy. Good to see you. Genuinely looking forward to this. So can you tell us a little bit about MAN as an organisation, what it stands for and and what you do, please? Yeah, thank you. So we are a security business based in Solihull. So throughout the West Midlands, we're the biggest privately owned security company ever. Um, Currently over 53 mil turnover, um, 1,700 staff working throughout the UK. Privately owned, I still own 90% of the shares. Um, We are no private equity, no uh, PLC, all privately owned. Uh, Based in Solihull, we've got um, 7,000 square foot offices, all bought and paid for. We've got a 24-hour control room. So we're a national company uh, supplying. We're famous for doing event security. So in the past, looking after music, sport, um, also all the way through, which now is probably less than 5% of our turnover, but it's what 90% of people talk about. And then we have all the guardian side. So we've got massive contracts with massive corporations uh, all the way down to the south coast, all the way up to Scotland, uh, into Ireland. We as a business, 24 hours. Um, the last two years during COVID, our turnover has continued. We've had double-digit growth for the last nine years now. Brilliant. Yeah, when we get to uh, March, uh, uh, next week, 6th of March, that'll be our 29th year. Um we started in 1993, started just with a mobile phone, no overdraft, all that, and kept growing and growing and growing. Um, and people often say to me, uh, I remember when you had nothing. I said, you don't remember it as well as I do. <laughs> and they, um, them times where I think uh, in the early days, certainly from building up a business, uh, it was just one man and a dog. So man stands for the original partners. So it's McAllister, me and my father, Samuel, um, Atkins, Dave Atkins and Johnny Neighbour. So my dad um, and myself started, as I say, all in 1993. My dad carried on to 2000 when he passed away. Um, Dave Atkins carried on till 15 years ago when he retired. Um, David was an ex-policeman, um, uh, big friends with my dad. My dad was ex-police, uh, CID. My dad was uh, working throughout Midlands and that. And then um, Johnny Neighbour um, was three times um, world powerlifting champion. Um, and he was in the Guinness Book of Records. He was a great guy, John. St- still around. Um, but John only lasted with the business maybe six months. He couldn't see it taking off. Um, so it was um, a bit of a peak best moment, really. And uh, he, he said, I don't think it's going to work. So we kept the name, man. 
So from 1993 all the way through, um, got a video uh, that was fortunate the FD Centre did for us last year, uh, which uh, shows the growth of the business and it shows the very, very start and everything else. And uh, we posted some pictures the other day on LinkedIn uh, where our original office was, which was just a tiny little office um, above two other offices in Birmingham. And now we've grown to uh, 7,000 square foot uh, with the potential to take another one to take it up to 11,000 square foot based on turnover based on growth and the whole thing about our business has been the culture and growing together yeah fantastic what a story as well that, that video is brilliant i was watching it earlier it's fantastic no, i appreciate that and as i said that 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 um, video is great because it, it's um a little bit of a portrayal uh, of what we do but our business is so so diverse in what type of work I've been out in meetings and presentations today, tomorrow. And from my role, obviously I'm CEO as head of the business, but I've got such a strong team around me and it's it's like everything else, just orchestrating all the different departments, really. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And so 29 years old next next week? Yeah, next week. What, what kind of challenges are you up against as a leader of that type of organisation, of that size at that stage in your life cycle? Well, I always say to people, and I said it this morning, even in the presentation, for years and years and years, when we used to get contracts and I used to read through the contract, the last page before you signed always talked about a pandemic or a force majeure. And I used to say, well, don't worry about that. It'll never happen. Yeah. So the last two years has taught us more than anything that these things can happen. And it's been it's been key for us, really, to have worked so hard the last two years. Um, recruitment's obviously a challenge, but all my customers are saying the same thing. Uh, recruitment, obviously, we started off with Brexit, then we had COVID, and all these are negative. Um, even in our industry, um, our trade body, our government body is the SIA. They've made it slightly more difficult now for people um, to get their licences renewed by extra training and everything else. We, we've already um, took on an in-house trainer to get around that to make sure that we get our staff trained and looked after and that. Um, but it, it's, it's another challenge. So rec recruitment's a big thing. Our business is all people, you see. We're, we're not a security company that supplies systems. It's all people. Yeah, yeah. And and in terms of your journey then, Ian, yeah. where, where did that start? Were you always going to be in the CEO suite? Did you always want to work for yourself or...? Yeah, yeah. so... Um... I, I left school and I left school in 1982. I never ever sat one exam. Um, I'd got no interest in school. It wasn't something that really um, I enjoyed. Um, so when I got to uh, leaving school, uh, I identified to come out and go straight into work. So I remember I left school on the Friday and I started work in a butcher's shop on a Monday morning. And I was getting, it was um, Margaret Thatcher had brought out this YTS scheme, youth training scheme. I was getting £25 a week. Fortunately, after about four weeks, the butcher said, listen, we need to give you a bit more because you're doing a good job. So I had a little bit on top of the £25 a week and um, some meat and that. And um, I enjoyed that. And I did it for two years. And funnily enough now, the butchers still deliver my meat every Christmas. 
And I've kept into yeah, hundred percent. And throughout the Midlands, um, they're the most famous makers of sausage, Lashfords, and uh, they're, they're a great family, and they've done great with their business. Their business goes back to 1890 or something. It's it's major generations. But I knew that um, I wanted to work for myself, so I carried on. I boxed at a good level. I boxed and I'd, I'd worked hard, trained hard, and everything else. And then I started working on doors, and then I worked out. I could work on a Friday and Saturday night on the doors, do all my training in the week, mm-hmm. and it was more money than working in the butchers. So the butchers had to stop. So I ended up doing the doors and worked across the country doing the doors, worked at the best club in Birmingham, which was Liberty's nightclub for years. But my dad said to me in the early 90s, he said, listen, he said, I retire in 1993. You've got to do something else. That door works no good. He said, at the end of the day, um, come off it. So together we worked together and um, formed MAN in 1993. But it was always my uh, intention to work for myself, definitely. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And and so in terms of leadership then, I suppose you've, you've learnt that from the ground up then. There's no sort of... Yeah, well, I was talking uh, even this morning. I took my sales girl, and she only started with me, the latest uh, Amy. She only started with me in November, and she came out on a uh, basically a pitch this morning. And um, she said, well, where do you learn to speak like that from? And it is just totally, totally. Nobody ever tells you to sell. And it's like that old Wolf of Wall Street when he talks and he says how to sell the pen and everything else. Nobody ever shows you. There certainly wasn't YouTube to learn how to sell and everything. People buy off people. And people, if they like what you've got to say, and in our business, it's all about trust. If they trust you, you've got a massive chance. If you turn up, always make sure you're early, always make sure you're smart, always make sure you trust, and always deliver on what you say. And as I say, I've probably said a few times about if there's no passion, there's no point. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that one. And and so in terms of leadership then, what, what yeah. do you think is important in terms of traits or characteristics? Are there particular skills or characteristics that all leaders need? Yeah, I do. And I listen um, to uh, podcasts, certainly in the morning. I'm always in before seven. And yeah. if I'm doing emails, tenders, meetings or whatever, I'll have a podcast on in the background. And I listen to all different talks, mainly sport and mainly people off the telly and mainly business leaders and that. And I listen to what they've got to say and everything else. And I think one of the biggest traits is that people respect you and they buy into what you're trying to do. So Mm -hmm. I believe if you're one of these, it's like a football manager, you can't throw the teacups every week because after the third week, the players will switch off. Yeah, especially yeah. the modern day ones. It's like you can't do that. You got to put your arm around some people, and other people you got to shout at. And in in our business, it's all about the culture, and it's all about creating the right team. So, um, got my wife Tracy, who's head of HR. She does all the payroll, does everything. She looks after um, the staff. Got my daughter-in-law Laura, who's director of people and communication. She's a massive um, part of the business as well. So she assists with people. Um, but between them, they're out in the next week giving out badges, special uh, recognition on our website. Um, it's been um, over 12 years now where we do Employee of the Month, look after, mm-hmm. reward staff and everything else. If we get any type of recognition, the last few years we've been able to give industry awards out. So guys have been able to go down to uh, Windsor, been going to hotels in London and all that to receive awards. Um, because the whole thing about leadership and the whole thing about the team around you is working together. Mm-hmm. 
And so in terms of your influences then from a leadership perspective, you've spoken about your dad a little bit. Yeah. People in your early career or in your early life or throughout the, the time that you've been building man that have influenced your your leadership style. Yeah, well there's two there's two answers to that really, Amy, because I do a few of these after dinner talks and one of the things I always talk about is my mom's still alive and she's 83. And my mum, I spoke to her about this. Out of my whole family, my dad's side and my mum's side, all my aunties, my uncles, my cousins, nephews, nieces, there's not one person that's ever had a business. So I didn't have anyone in the business to be able to go to. So what I've had to do really is learn on the job. And it's a little bit like boxing and everything else. If you don't keep your hands up, you get it. So from my point of view, um, the whole thing about the business side is learning and understanding and finding out the right traits and everything else. But the discipline to work hard is the biggest thing, to get out of bed every single day and make sure that you want to do your best and make sure. And even if you have a couple of bad days, and I say to people all the time, I looked after pop stars, I looked after musicians and everything else. I've never had a drug in the world ever but i guarantee one thing one of them drugs isn't better than winning a deal (laughs) and that that whole thing of making sure you still get the buzz and you still get that thing i'm 55 now but i still think i'm 35 because it's that determination yeah yeah you gotta love what you do you've got to love what you do yeah and like we've got we've got meetings this week and as i said we've had double digit growth we've had continuous growth in the pandemic this time last year i bought another office that was a big job full refit full kit out getting it all done and everything else all and it's so much difficult these days with communications and with all your data um data trunking and offside and all that and the size we are now because we're such a big business and uh and from it's one of them where we have to work hard. And as I said, the team is essential to us. I've got a lot of our managers. I can think of six or eight of them all been with us 12, 13, 14 years up. Even an ops manager has been with us over 20 years. Wow. That's good yeah. going. That's good going. Yeah, yeah. And that that that's that's key to the business, really. And I, I do believe people have to buy into you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And so 29 years down the line, clearly really, really successful. And congratulations on that. Thank you. But in, in terms of your advice for someone, if there's someone out there looking to follow in your footsteps at any point in their career, whether they're just coming out of school or they're thinking, I'm going to have a go at doing that for myself, what advice would you offer to them? Well, it's funny because I did a talk a few years ago for the Princess Trust and I did the talk and I said, um, a room full of kids and they're all different ages, all different backgrounds, all different. And I said to them this thing, don't be thinking about what car you drive. Don't be thinking about what which watch you've got. Don't think about your clothes. Make sure that you build your business and keep working hard and working hard. And I did this speech. It must have took 40 minutes. And I kept saying to them the things not to do and the things to look for. So at the end of it, I said, my favourite bit of all these talks is just do a bit of Q&A. Any questions? This little fella at the front put his hand up. I said, yes, what's your question? He said, what car do you drive? <laughs> like, I said, you obviously haven't been listening, have you? And like, um, it was just, just funny, really. But I think um, my, my thing, it's all the biggest, biggest, uh, like, nugget I can give anyone is just to work hard. And like, when people say to me, "Oh, um, I've worked hard this week. I've done thirty hours or whatever," it's, it's that's that's not what it. At the end of the day. <sighs> 
seven days in a week and some day isn't one of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll snatch that one. I'm, yeah. I'm keeping that one. Well, they all think, don't they, uh, Amy? People say to you, oh, I wish I had this, I wish I had that, or whatever. But there's a big sacrifice to run your own business. So the bigger and bigger and bigger you get, the more responsibility you get. And then if you sit there and think about it, um, when you're doing a payroll like we are every single month and you're thinking these people have got to be paid, especially the last two years, because yeah. at the start of the lockdown, my biggest concern was getting paid. My biggest concern was staff all self-isolating. My biggest concern then was making sure the business was going to be okay. So you have many, many sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got to love it to, to yeah. know, get to that bit, especially yeah. in the last couple of years. Yeah, and it's it's been um, a massive eye-opener, really, from businesses and everything else and the growth of certain businesses and the growth of other businesses and how people... There's always going to be winners and losers and how people come back off it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then just in terms of COVID then, has your business changed? Because, because it's so people-focused and it's not sort of systems or products, has it changed as a result of the pandemic? Yeah, well, the people themselves, obviously, we were frontline workers, so we were doing all different types. So a lot of our guys who were doing event security um, then started working on testing stations. They started working on um, doing uh, mobile testing stations. All All the events, certainly 2020, come to a standstill. There was no boxing, music, sport, all the festivals, everything got cancelled, so none of that. So the guys then, we were working on large distribution centres which needed extra staff because there was social distancing, Um, there was more staff coming in, all different types of requests. We looked after uh, a big company in the northwest who were rolling out the vaccine. Okay. So we had um, about seven months of looking after nine different um, uh, vaccination centres which were hubbing the vaccine. Wow. So all, all things that you wouldn't have, um, like because three, four years ago, nobody had ever heard of furlough, had they? No, no. That's it's, an, it, it, it's one of them where you kind of have to think on your feet and get on with it because uh, from a PPE point of view, uh, it was just massive. And uh, our business, as I said, I remember HSE come to our office three times during COVID just to do a spot check. And I said to the fellow the third time, I said, you've been three times now. He said, you go around this whole, whole estate, there's no cars, you come here, you've got 30 cars on your car park. He said, it doesn't take much working out. But everything was fine. We did everything, social distancing. But it was one of the reasons why I bought another office to put the um, HR and recruitment in separate buildings just because of volume of people and, like, just keep it going. But I think I think um, this social distancing and all that type of thing has taught people um, more anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and thankfully, it seems as yeah. though it's going to an end now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all about something else on the news these days, isn't it? It is indeed, it is indeed, which leads me to my next question about leadership, because I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about Zelensky. Um, but is there, is there a, a leader, past or present, famous or otherwise, that you particularly admire? And if so, why? The, not one in particular, but uh, there's a few people that I really, really respect. Obviously, I think the Queen of England, like like she is immense, really, what's happened, obviously, with her husband and what's happened uh, with her family and everything else. But I think, like, how she conducts herself, and she's always really, really 
superb and I think even people who don't like the royalty respect her but there's other people over the years but my background sport you see so there's a lot of people regarding with sport and everything else but even if you look at somebody like Alex Ferguson even he's yeah. been gone from Manchester United a long long time now and he's never been replaced yeah, yeah. and like um, a lot of people say he was the Premier League's best ever manager but they still can't replace him so I think from a sporting background people like Ferguson and that because he was a winner and when I listen to a lot of them podcasts and um, I watched his film when I was on a flight um, last year and when he was poorly and everything else it was just about winning to come back and uh, it's that mindset and I know he does a lot of talks about it now but I think I think what's key um, they'd win the match on the Saturday by five o'clock. By half five, he was thinking about the next match. Yeah, yeah. And it's that mindset. And I think so, so many people, it's like sometimes you see other sports and they're happy to come second. Mm-hmm. I think success can sometimes breed complacency, can't it? But I think yeah. the key is to keep going. I can't remember which football, which football coach it was, but if they won... They went back to training, and if they lost, they went and got the beers in. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's so many, yeah. And it's that thing about, like, some people say, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. <laughs> and it's it's that mindset about win, win at all costs. And I know Mourinho and people had that mindset of win at all costs. Certainly in boxing, it's win at all costs. And it's it's that mindset. And it's like in business, when somebody comes and said, you've done a great pitch, but unfortunately you've come second. Mm. Your mindset is you might as well have come 22nd. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And and do you do you read much, Danny? And do you read the Mainly. Yeah, m- mainly sporting autobiographies. And uh, over the years, uh, the best one I've read, I told somebody this yesterday, there's a guy now on TalkSport called Simon Jordan, and he used to be uh, the owner of Crystal Palace Football Club. And he's a very well-known um, media mogul now. He's been on Sky and he's on TalkSport talk every day. Anyway, after he bought and lost Crystal Palace, um he, he uh, wrote a book uh, called Be Careful What You Wish For. Okay. And it's one of the best books I've ever read because it talks about business, talks about sport. And what he says, basically, if you're a fan of a club, um, your dream would be, if you're not a player, to buy the club. And that's mm-hmm. what he did. But he, his book is Be Careful What You Wish For. Uh-huh. But uh, he was a big um, phone mogul in the early days and uh, he made a vast amount of money. I think it was up to 100 mil he'd made and then invested in Crystal Palace and it ended up costing him the lot. Good God. But he's back now and when he's on TalkSport, he talks so much sense. Everyone listens to him because his opinion and everything else, um, he, he's, he's, he's walked the walk really. Well, what you don't learn from an experience like that isn't worth knowing, is it? <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like everyone's got an opinion, but the difference is it's if their opinion's worth listening to. Yeah. It's like everyone now, um, like three months ago, everyone was a doctor, wasn't they? It's like everyone's an expert. Yeah, yeah. You have to pick and choose, don't you? Yes. And so tell us about Man. So you've got your, your um, 29th anniversary happening next week. What else yeah. is for the next six, nine, 12 months? Well, fortunately enough, last year I was lucky enough to be uh, included in the LDC Top 50. Um, so uh, Sunday Times, Top 50, business leaders to watch. And I did an interview there where I said, over the next five years, but I meant three. I wanted to double the business. Yeah. So 
I've set myself five years, but I do mean three, um, to get it up to the 100 mil. So uh, when I first started, it was always a massive thing to get to a mil. Then it was a massive thing to get to a mil a month. And then obviously fortunate now to have gone to Companies House with it over 50 mil. So that was another tick box. So I'm a big, big thing now uh, through acquisition and through uh, organic growth and keeping the team around me is over the next three to five um, to double in size. And that's why we're actively working today, tomorrow and Friday, presentations all the next week. Just keep building it and building it. And that's what it is. I've got no... um, uh, it even says in the video, no end game and no uh, no way of looking out. I'm not far, far, not interested in retiring, far from it. I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> I don't think you'd last long, would you? You'd be straight no. back in the no, and that, that's the thing. And I think, as I say, if you enjoy what you do, and it's certainly from a business point of view, um, you've, you've got to work and enjoy what you do. Yeah, which is key and it, it is key and at the end of the day doing the sales bit and just seeing how it gets and building these businesses and building it to the size and that's why I've never diversed into anything else I want to just stay strong at what we do I don't want to ever dilute the brand fantastic well I wish you the best of luck I've really enjoyed speaking with you Ian so thank no, you I mean, for taking the time I really really appreciate it and thanks for the invite <laughs>